All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to ATD Greater Atlanta's web series, Building Our Vision. Uh, 2020 has changed everything that we do (laughs) from how we work to how we live. So we've tapped some experts in our community to help us build our vision of the future in these uncertain times. Uh, So today our guest is Zach Hudson. He's the head of talent management and leadership development at Kindred at Home. And he's also the founder and the host of the podcast Passing the Baton. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us, Zach. Yeah, honored to be here with you and uh, excited to talk through some stuff today. It's you're right. It's to say, you know, we talk on uh, some of our podcasts about just how crazy times it is. And we've gotten tired of saying that because it's it's kind of like a COVID fatigue, right? So. Totally. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm tired of it. When can we move on from this? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Unfortunately, we cannot. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> uh, so before we kind of, you know, get into it, I, I want to know a little bit about your background. Um, okay. So tell me a little bit like, you know, how, where did you start? Did you always know you were going to be in talent development? No, absolutely. Uh, absolutely not. So uh, I, uh, I spent a number of years, probably a little over 15 years, I think, from beginning to end at a company called uh, Lifeway Christian Resources. And I started out there as a, as a college kid working in college and just stayed and worked in operations. So I, I didn't have a traditional HR background by any means. My degree is in uh, public relations, uh, which has ended up paying off in the long run. But uh, grew up in operations, so I was an operations leader and, and um, ended up leading about 500 employees across the southeast, about seven different states. So kind of that regional kind of uh, VP or area director, depending on what your organization is. And it was through that time of, of seeing the people as I was trying to replicate my success, because that was really kind of my goal was to fix it and make things better and move on to somewhere else and, and kind of do it over and over again. Uh, but I really found the power was in the people and not trying to do everything myself. And so I found so much more success by replicating and taking the approach to building strong teams. And as I was coaching uh, other kind of locations across the country and doing special projects, that was always my secret sauce, and that's what I became known for was kind of the, the talent guy at, at that point. And we didn't have that function in our organization, so uh, they created it like this dual function where I was dual operations and, and really kind of leading this talent piece forward in the direction we were going. And that's really where, where it all came, came about. And so through that process, found my love and passion for that and uh, did a pivot uh, in my career and Got my certification through ATD, so Certified Professional in Talent Development. There's a little over 2,000 of us in the world, uh, and just keep growing and going uh, from there. So yeah, and then started a podcast, and then that led to another podcast, and now there's all sorts of things, and I'm uh, so honored to be at Kindred at Home helping lead their talent function. Yeah, so how has, how has Kindred at Home changed in 2020? Yeah, so Kindred at Home has a has a crazy story. It, it's, it's very interesting because we are a very large organization. We're about forty five thousand strong uh, associates across the U.S. Uh, about thirty states, and so it's 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 fascinating because it's I really call it, and, and our group kind of calls it like a forty five thousand person startup because it has this history of being in Kindred Healthcare proper, which is like hospitals and things, but we really focus on hospice and in home healthcare and community care as well. And so we, we broke off from them. And then uh, over the years, we've acquired smaller organizations too. So it's this interesting mix of 
dual legacies and histories and all that. And so, so we're building up to that. And, um, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's really, it's, it's all new things. So you wouldn't think an organization has been around a while that's that large is they're pretty set in stone, but the spot that I sent it today was newly created. So they didn't have anybody here either at Kindred at Home oh, wow. who does this. So it's a lot of creating, a lot <laughs> of fun, uh, a lot of helping people see that, there's a better way to do things and uh, the grass is greener and it's right here in front of us. And so helping them see that and equipping them to be wildly successful where they are. So, okay. So you've mentioned twice now that um, at your earlier organization and at Kindred at Home, you just kind of created your job, yeah. right? So yeah. how are you convincing these people that, <laughs> um, you know, these things are going to are, are gonna help their organization? Like, yeah. what do you say to them? Yeah, so that's where the operation piece uh, definitely suits me because I think a lot of HR people and talent development people come up in a traditional HR background. And so they, they know the right things, right? They know the theory and the application, but they haven't lived it on the other side. And so my history says, okay, I know what's important. And so I, I tie a lot of things to what makes it easier, and more efficient for, for you as an operational leader, because that's what I would have wanted uh, as mm-hmm. an operational leader. Or show me the money, right, of how mm-hmm. this impacts me and lowers my retention or uh, increases my uh, yearly retention of the first year for my leader or lowers my hiring costs. I mean, that was definitely the way that, that we sold programs uh, in my past of, hey, here, from this point to this point, we made $20 million because of what we did right here. Or, mm-hmm. hey, I put uh, raised our women in leadership by 40%, weight, raised our minority percentage by 30%, and you start throwing out some crazy numbers like that, and they're like, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's, and I'm so, uh, again, honored at Kindred at Home because they really do trust me and the team that I work with to, to do some of these things. So it's, they're super easy and very supportive of just creating a new day, uh, here at Kindred at Home. That's awesome. So have you guys transitioned to, to virtual now? Is everybody virtual at Kindred at Home? Yeah. Well, you know, healthcare and COVID. Right, <laughs> right, right. Quite the challenge, quite the challenge. So yeah, we've, we have uh, transitioned quite a bit. So we have one of our headquarters here in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, it's, it's, it's weird, right? Uh, you know, you got to call it what it is. It's weird because it's, mm-hmm. you know, you're used to being on there in a floor with a couple hundred people, and now I can count on one hand uh, how many people I see on a regular basis. So right. Um, it's odd, but we're adapting to it just like everybody else and in the field as well of how do we balance. Uh, I was talking to some leaders yesterday about this. How do we balance and honor our CDC guidelines, by, but also honoring our people in the process? And sometimes mm-hmm. we get kind of confused or, or we get so much uh, just sticking to uh, the rules and regulations that we forget the people in the process. And I think there's a way to balance both of those uh, when yeah. we're intentional about it. Okay, so speaking of balance, um, so not only are you <laughs> um, the kindred at home guy, you know, you're yeah. also running, what is it now, is four podcasts? Yeah, um, yeah. So, okay, so how do you juggle all of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so, like I'm barely uh, doing half of my job right now. <laughs> like, how are you doing you know, five jobs. Like, yeah. So it's, it's fun. It's, it's definitely a challenge. I learned, uh, during operations, uh, to be really solid in the value of time management. And so I, I teach a class on that a couple of times a year. And so I, I really live it out myself. And so, um, I've got different systems where calendars in place here in front of me, my whiteboard and all this other stuff I keep track of as well, but it really helps me 
stay on task. So uh, I have been with Kindred, uh, it'll be a year in February, so rounding, getting closer and closer to a year. And when I took the job there, I had all the written content for Passing the Baton. It was already done till February 2021. So that was a year ahead uh, on that wow. piece. So just being intentional about, okay, every day setting aside time just to write or create. Because sometimes, right, if you're creative, you can bang out a bunch of stuff really quick. And then sometimes it's like four hours to get one page done. Oh yeah, you just don't you just don't know, right? So yeah. uh focusing I'm on like, that. When's your class? Like when <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So uh I try to do things when I know my kind of uh, creative sweet spots during my day. So I'd like to do things a lot early in the morning and then later in the evening, oddly enough, uh are my kind of my zones. So I, I do a lot of creating there. So, yeah, I got way ahead there and then staying ahead. So, uh, yes, for Passing the Baton, we just celebrated five our fifth-year anniversary last week. So uh, very uh, excited there to uh, be a, a kind of a longevity podcast because there's just not a whole bunch of us that, that make it that far. So yeah, uh, that one and then uh, Leaders of Atlanta is more of a, it's a serial kind of thing. So it's got seasons. So we completed season one in, in 2020 and we'll go back for season two uh, in 21. Uh, and then our corporate podcast, Kindred at Homes, uh, Lead the Way, which is more of a practical uh, how to tell me really tangibly how to do leadership in a, in a healthcare environment. And then our other show is Kindred at Homes at the Table. And the idea is kind of like here today, right? It's, it's me and then a different leader sitting uh, at the proverbial table. And the idea is it's the two of us plus the listener that's hanging out with us. So it gives you a very intimate and kind of behind the curtains view with our leaders for their own career journeys and insights and inspirations and how you can go from point A to point B in your career. So it's about scheduling and getting ahead. So I'm, uh, yeah, so Passing Baton, we're written through February. We've recorded through the end of October now, so about six weeks out ahead of there. Uh, lead the way, we're probably four or five weeks ahead there. Uh, so yeah <laughs> so then right because the stress right it's, yeah. it's a wave so when you're riding a wave anything right take podcasts out of the equation when you're riding anything and that pressure and deadlines are right on top of you man i mean i get an eye twitch when i get super stressed and my eye would be <laughs> twitching all oh the time God. but to build that space in so that you can live and breathe and create and, and do good and not be stressed out by the environment. we got enough stresses going on already. Right. Um, it, it helps a lot for sure. Yeah, so stay ahead. Stay ahead of people. <laughs> it's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> stay ahead with That's Zach right. Hudson. <laughs> That's so right. Why, why podcasts? Like what, what makes um, a podcast, such a great medium. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, five years ago I started writing uh, a piece and it was, uh, I've only told this story a couple of times, but uh, passing baton started out as, as a newsletter to my operational leaders. Um, at the time the company didn't see the value in it. So I was like, I'm just gonna do my own thing then. And so that's what it was. It was uh, lamely titled leadership insights, the most generic, stupidest title you could <laughs> come up <laughs> non-inspired for sure practical uh, yes that's right that's right so uh, to the point <laughs> yeah that's right so the first like quarter it was called that and then once we turned from january of that next year we we named it passing the time start branding it that way 
And then um, I had a friend, Lou Mangello, he actually makes a living podcasting down in Florida uh, doing the WDW radio show. And uh, he said, you know, you should do a podcast. And then another guy said, hey, you should do a podcast. And I'm like, I don't know anything about this. I I listen to Lou's show and I don't think I can do it. Uh, but we did it. We sat down, and at the time, my co-host was John Long. We sat down at a at a table and had the Blue Yeti mic that you have there, and yep. held around. It took us four <laughs> hours to crank out the first thirteen minute episode. Oh my god! Uh, but we did it, and we were so excited. So it was really about so being an operational person and having all these people spread out across the country. I couldn't see them all the time, and so I had a heart to uh, connect them to again resources to help them be better and so the podcast was was that vehicle to go okay i can't be with you all the time uh but I, listen to this and it's, it'll be as close as we can be to to sitting down and, and helping you improve in whatever topic we were talking about so it was really meant for my my internal people but we released it publicly and then it just kind of blew up uh from there and so yeah it's it's crazy today. We're in. I checked our Google stuff yesterday. I think we crossed two hundred uh, countries uh, this last month. So two hundred countries. Yeah, I know. That's insane. Amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Insane. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny how things start out small and you have best intentions, and uh, they can they can grow and as they connect to an audience. Definitely. Yeah, I've I've i felt that podcasting, even you know, doing the, these kinds of interviews have helped me really just sit down, reflect. Oh, sure. You know, like that. That's really helpful. It's, yeah. It's nice to kind of take a breath and just think about what's going on and what do you want to ask people, and it's, it's really great. That's exactly right. And at Kindred at Home, right, so in home health, I have a lot of uh, nurses and physical therapists that go and work in home. So yeah. it's really about leveraging, well, gosh, there's all this windshield time between visits, and what do we do with that? They're listening to the radio, awesome. Listen to podcasts, awesome. Wait a minute, they're listening mm-hmm. to podcasts. Well, let's throw some of this stuff in here, so... And do it in a format that goes, okay, I can get you a whole leadership or career topics from the time you hit your door to the time you hit the next door. And that's what it yes. is. That's the format. And that's really the format for two of the shows. The other two are a little bit longer. Uh, but, yeah, that commuter-style format is what I call and coach people on is is the the sweet spot of times on podcasts. That's 17 minutes. 17 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's yep. money right there. In Atlanta, you can get two podcasts, like two episodes. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. For sure. For sure. Yeah, you can get two in there. And that, and that's great. You know, as long as it's small, bite-sized, tangible, you know, right, in the in yeah. the training community, right, we call that micro-learning a little bit. Right. But uh, just give it to me in bite-sized chunks. So, yeah. Right. So, okay, so we're all virtual now, right? What what would you and a, and a lot of people want to start podcasts you know yeah. podcasts are really they're hot right now so what <laughs> what yeah. would you what would you say to somebody who's trying to start a podcast right now yeah so a, a few things number one just just do it just start uh there's so much you get into right you, you can jump on an ign and they're like hey here's a whole list of these microphones and here's a whole list of these systems and a whole list of these headphones Mm-hmm. And yada, yada, yada. We started out with a, a MacBook, an old dinky MacBook Air. I mean, like, <laughs> do CPR on it to get started. And the, <laughs> the Yeti, which is a great microphone, uh, super cheap, though, right? Like 100, bo- 100 bucks if you can find it yeah. on sale thereabouts. Yep. So not have a lot of investment there. Um, and, and so it's, it's really inexpensive to get in. You just got to do it. So I would just yeah. encourage you just to do it. It's going to be nervous doing your first couple of shows, uh, but just just have fun with it there. And then there's two other pieces that people get hung up on, and, and they don't 
get successful in podcasts. Number one is they look too much at numbers. So I don't look at our listener numbers really at all. I can't tell you, uh, you know, X 10,000, whatever. I can't tell you the, the actual count. I keep the country count every now and then just because it's fun to kind of see it geographically. Cool. But yeah. Um, so don't look at your, your count because it can be uh, discouraging, right? So if you, like us, we had three hours to do that first show and 10 people listen, well, that's discouraging. Yeah. <laughs> so don't yes. look at that because you it's haven't like built you, in... your mom. Yes, exactly. That's me re-downloading, re-downloading, looking, listening, <laughs> yes. listening, listening. That's right. Uh, so don't get discouraged there. The average podcast only lasts seven episodes because people put in all the work. They realize, oh my gosh, it's more work than I thought. And I got to oh, yeah. keep cranking these things and nobody's listening. So they drop out. So hang in there, yeah. get you a good plan, what you want to stand for, what you're audiences, your messages, your your kind of little corner of the podcast universe and just just go with that. Uh it was it's it's just crazy to me how much the podcast has served my own career in ways I never would have imagined and it had nothing to do with the size of the audience. It really had to do with me growing as a person and continue to push myself and grow my own expertise. And it didn't as Lou grew his audience to have a um a occupation from podcasting my journey was the total opposite yet they're shared in that podcasting got us where we were both are today so yeah so how did you develop your podcast voice you know i mean not just your radio voice yeah, you know podcast like voice <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hello <laughs> so welcome, That's right. welcome. Yeah. but like you know how did you kind of figure out what your niche is in the podcast world yeah. or you know things like that yeah, so there's a lot of, and this is really uh, a good separator in in talent development world because uh, we have a tendency to do this a little bit, and we just say uh, a lot of generalities of just, hey, just develop somebody, and then you come back and you're like, now yeah, why didn't you develop them? I told you to develop them, and you're like, All right, what what does that mean? I don't I don't know Sorry. what that means. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, exactly. And you're, you're frustrated because you, I didn't give you good direction. I'm frustrated because the person is not turned around. And so that mm-hmm. we do a lot of, we think that we're super intentional and very detail oriented in our training. And a lot of times our training comes across like that. It's very kind of benign and just overly general. Uh, mm-hmm. And so with the podcast, that's where we found our success was, it really is. Here's point one, two, three, and four, and here's exactly what to do. And again, it was kind of that we want to, we're going to stand on this. No matter if you're in college or you're in the boardroom, get in the car, listen to it, get one, two, three, and four, be able to know exactly what to do. Get out of your car and you're done. That was our yeah. that was our show, and so that's what we figured out with Leaders of Atlanta. It was really I wanted to build a show that showcased some leaders in our city that I think very highly of that the other people in the city might not realize or might not know about. And so Johnny Zell and like a, the Bias Corporation, the guy is freaking phenomenal. He's a wonderful, wonderful CEO, uh, heart for uh, health and wellness and the environment. And I mean, just a stand up, very cool guy. And so people like that, that I want to introduce the city more to. And that was, that was the show. It was that. And then also, about their journey as well. So it's, yeah, it's finding a unique kind of perspective and story and and a way to connect um, as well. Yeah. So even like that show, Leaders of Atlanta, it's about 50-50 split of audience here in Atlanta and then audience all over the country. Uh, So again, people connect with it and they'll, they'll come. Yeah. 
well, they connect with you too. Like <laughs> how, how much of your personal story do you put into these podcasts? Yeah. So, uh, past and baton for sure, uh, is, is a lot of that. Um, I think I'm a, I'm a pretty decent storyteller, so I think that helps too, uh, as well. But yeah, there's some very personal things in there. I, I've talked about, uh, one of the biggest struggles I had as a leader was I had an employee that, um, uh, that passed away. I saw him. I was the last person to see him alive. He took a, I took a straight at, a, at the red light. He took a left, uh, and got in a car accident, uh, after we were done. So that was the hardest thing. And so that has to be, be very transparent and authentic, right? With your audience. And, and mm-hmm. instead of being like, oh, I'm the, I'm the host. And so I'm, I'm the cool guy or whatever else. But I think people, and just in leadership, uh, they appreciate yeah. that vulnerability and stuff. So yeah, we talk about, uh, Mike Floyd throws me under the bus all the time of uh, <laughs> ways I can be better, and then I share stuff like that too. To you know, everybody goes through stuff. Nobody's perfect, so yeah, yeah, yep. definitely share a lot of personal stories as well. Wow, yeah, um, that's. I mean, we don't have to get into it. But <laughs> that, that's a story. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about 2020 a little bit, you know, building our vision kind of things. Like I think the hardest thing about this year has just been trying to figure out what exactly happened. Right. And then (laughs) what has changed, you know, cause we, it was like in March we were like, Hey, go home, you know? And then once we got home, you know, people, you know, everything changed. We have to figure. So what exactly do you think has been the hardest part of 2020? What's been your biggest challenge? And then what's maybe, the biggest challenge for leaders and, you know, work like team members. Yeah. I, you know, for us at Kindred at Home, it was definitely, well, for everybody, right? It was a surprise. It's not something you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a pandemic and, and let's do this thing, right? It's, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, we see it. It's coming. I'm feeling it. I have a bad feeling about this. Oh, my gosh, it's here, right? It's kind of like the wave again, right? It's here. It's yes. overtaking us. Now we're, now it's on top of us. We're underwater. How do I get back? So I can breathe, <laughs> right, right, and start swimming. So I can get back to shore, and that's really, I think, how everybody had to react. Is oh my gosh, I gotta get above water, I gotta mm-hmm. get to the land, right? And so that's that was the reaction that we saw a lot of people of okay, let's quickly put in some things in place. Let's send people home. Let's cut the kids out from school. Um, let's do that sort of stuff. And so we. Uh, being in that that healthcare environment, it was a perfect storm for us because you have all this happening. Your offices are are drastically changing on how we're doing, but our patients still need us, right? So it doesn't matter to them that there's a pandemic. They still need our help and our care and our support. And so we're having to bring in all these other supplies. Well, guess what? Everybody's making a run on everything, right? Grocery stores are emptying out. Everybody's buying the, the PPE, uh, civilians are buying the stuff that don't normally buy and are hoarding it like crazy. You oh see stories God. of people like lifting up U-Hauls full of masks and <laughs> scrubs and everything, all kind of stuff, right? Water bottles. Yes. Like, it's not a hurricane. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. So we're com- now we're combating that, and then we've got to take care of our people. So now we're doing that. The government is is seizing shipments, too, to replenish their own stuff. It's just a lot of crazy stuff that was happening right there at the beginning. A lot of... Fear and unknown, right? So we were battling that. Um, David Cosby's our CEO. He's a, you want to talk about a great storyteller. That guy's a great storyteller. And he, he tells a lot of stories of, of just really connecting to the heart of the people. And, and he, got, he gets out in front of our organization and 
tells the story of Kindred and how we're going to be there and how he's an authentic and transparent leader and how things are tough and here's what we're doing in that tangible A, B, C, and D. And so it helped people get a realize, uh, to realize a little bit, okay, we do have a plan. We are getting back to shore and this is how we're going to do it. And so since then, it's it's been just adapting to that. And it's been interesting as we've gone into the fall that, you know, this kind of COVID fatigue has set in. And so that's what we're really dealing with a lot these days and spending a lot of time with leaders right now of, of how do I lead in a virtual environment and for our associates of how do I work in a virtual environment? I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm stressed out. Uh, I've had to deal uh, with serving COVID positive patients and that takes a lot of mental fortitude and strength and resilience. And now, uh, you know, CDC guidelines are in my location. I can't go in there as much anymore like I wanted to. So what do I do? Mm-hmm. And I uh, start to feel isolated, just as everybody else has at this point, right? Of, yeah, I haven't seen the person that has that was uh, across from me in the cube since March. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's the big thing is is helping our people with isolationism, and then helping our leaders figure out. Um, I was teaching a course on remote leadership and now that's really gone to everybody. Uh, at this point, it really was for that kind of, I was, I call them a multi unit leaders of that kind of lead at a larger level, but really it's for everybody these days because everybody is remote leading or working in, in some form or capacity more than likely. So, yeah. So speaking more about isolationism, you know, and kind of, we're all dealing with, you know, feeling really separated from our work environment yeah. and from our coworkers and things like that. Like, do you have any kind of tips or suggestions for people to bridge that gap? Ah, oh, so we're going to get into the tangible, the give me the, give me the practical pieces. I like it. Yeah, all right. like- I like it. yeah, sure. I got some, I'll do some for leaders and some for workers. How about that? Okay. We'll, I'll go through, okay. the, we'll go through these pretty quick. So, uh, for leaders, and this is really going through, talking to leaders, a little bit of uh, my personal history, Kindred's uh, history as well. And so this is really kind of what we're leaning into these days. And that's with our leaders of setting clear expectations and communicating up front what's expected. You know, it's it's easy as we get separated out into a remote environment to assume and guess that the other person knows uh, but we've got to be very intentional about filling that person in so they don't feel isolated. Because when you don't have the information of what the company's doing or what your expectation is or how you're doing, uh, you, you do feel that isolation, right, of I don't know. And then we as humans have a tendency to fill in those blanks with our own narrative. And sometimes that's right and sometimes it's, it's wrong. Oh, yeah. uh, so that email is very, yes, <laughs> you yes. know, it doesn't communicate. That that's much. right. Yeah. So you send an mm-hmm. email and you think I've done it. I, it's done and it's not. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've got to layer it in for sure. I think the next one would be to, to trust and monitor progress to ensure that you have alignment. So people think that trust and verify from my military days, uh, those don't have to go, uh, contradictory to each other. So we think that, uh, trust and verify is not really trusting. So I'm saying trust, but also make sure that they're doing what they need to do and step in and coach when you need to uh, as well. It's not about, uh, you know, micromanaging because nobody has time for that. Uh, (laughs) It's a waste of your time and you're you're only going to frustrate your people more. So it's really about 
empowering your team to do what they do best. And that's hopefully what you've equipped them to be. So that would be one as well. Uh, Another one that I would give you would be to ask people for their feedback. So how's it going? What do you need? How can I help? And so, you know, right now, so when we get together, especially people in the U.S., they'll check the show out. We say, hey, how's it going when we meet each other? And we really don't expect uh, anything, especially a, a negative response. So if we were like, hey, how's it going? You're like, oh, man, it's going awful. It's going really, really bad. <laughs> that just totally turns like, the conversation like, no, 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 no. I didn't. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. not prepared for this. <laughs> exactly. Please, no. Please, please. Right? So we don't uh, really uh, expect an answer. What we use the phrase for is a conversation starter. Uh, Mm -hmm. to get what we really want to talk about. So really take that time to ask those, how's it going? Let's open into questions. What do you need? How can I help? But then slow down and actively listen to hear what the person's saying. So when they're being vulnerable or transparent, they're sharing a struggle or maybe even a success, hopefully, as well, that you're actually listening to them and not preparing to move on in the conversation yet. But just listen just simply for listening goes a long way uh, in helping people out. So there's three for leaders. You want to do some for workers? Yeah, please, for me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so here's one. So for our workers uh, that are listening today or watching this today, uh, number one, I would say stay focused on your assigned task by avoiding distractions in the home, right? Because this one can be super challenging. I've got a great uh, setup here. I have a studio here in my home in, in Kennesaw. I've got a studio down in, in Atlanta at our office, corporate office there. Uh, but a lot of people that, that we work with and coach, like they have a laptop and it's on the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And they've got a kiddo at home, right, uh, doing school from home, virtual learning. They've got two cats and a dog, and they've got a little one that they're streaming cartoons in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a spouse. That's right. And a spouse <laughs> is working from home, too. That's real. Right. That is yeah. real. So doing what you can to eliminate distractions. So whether that is dropping in some headphones, uh, working around schedule a little bit, doing something creative to set up a workspace, uh, so in our house, for example, uh, we have a little bit of an older house. So we have that uh, back in the day, they had like these very formal dining room areas, right? So mm-hmm. what we did, I have a first grader and a 10th grader. And what we did, we turned that into uh, a classroom. And so we got two desks, put them catty cornered in the desk. So they're not seeing each other's screens and stuff and got them set up that way uh, so they can do stuff. It's worked out great for us. Uh, again, being a little bit creative. We talked about it at the beginning, and my wife was like, ah, I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, and I wasn't sure either, but it did. And it, it's been mm-hmm. it's been fine for us. So just yeah, creating a space yes, has been really, yes, really helpful. Yes. And establishing, like, hey, from nine to six, you know, this is. This is the office. That's and right. Then soon, you know, and then you got to get out. That's exactly right. Yep. And that goes to my next step. Establish good work routines and boundaries. So it's it's easy to uh, chase rabbit trails of, of work into 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night uh, mm-hmm. as well. But if you've got set uh, work schedules, stick to those schedules and, and don't let those bleed into each other. Because I'm a very big work-life balance. Some people call it work-life rhythm kind of person. Uh, and that's how I can do so. Another way I can do so much of the stuff that I do is I, I compartmentalize those things. So once your day's done, let your day be done uh, and do that. And then uh, kind of go between these two tips here is to really schedule your 
uh, add a work things into your work calendar and to be intentional about that. So if I need to run errands, like every Tuesday we go and get our groceries, uh, do I need to go do A, B, C, D? Uh, put that on your calendar so that it can be done outside your regular work routine so that when you're in your work routine and you're at your table and you've got all that business going on behind you, you don't also have, I've got to mow, I've got to go do the laundry, I've got to go get my groceries. All that's done, right? Because it's either on your calendar to do or you have done it because you're sticking to your time management stuff. So uh, that one there. And then a couple others here, super quick. Uh, Number uh, three here is to turn your camera on during video stuff. So we're doing video today. Uh, That's great. Some cultures and organizations are super great about video and some are are not at all. It's it's a newer piece of them. So Mm -hmm. having that visual connection to somebody, even if it's virtually, makes a lot of difference in building rapport, connection, uh, a sense of uh, a teamwork and being together. And so don't discount that. Uh, as well. Uh, and you know what my, yeah. my most difficult part of keeping my video on is like l- not looking at myself, but <laughs> looking at the other person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a hard for me personally. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, uh, so I've upgraded my studio during the pandemic. And so now I've got these three giant screens here. It's really quite ridiculous. Uh, and so, yeah, so I've got stuff like over here, and so for me, that's a great point now of, of being cognizant of how you're looking because I can yeah. read my notes over here, but right here you're looking at me and I'm not engaged with you at, at all. So I, I right. try to pull in what's really important. Like right now I've got my recording stuff over here to the right because I need to see it, but it's not that important for what we're doing. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so I keep everything. like Right now it's like the, my camera, you're right below it, and I've got a couple of things right below that to keep everything right. Streamline as much as possible. Great, great point there. <laughs> uh, my last one here for our workers, and this is a, is a good one here, is uh, let your leader know about your virtual work experience and connect with them on ways that they can help you. So let them know, okay, here's what I'm struggling with. Man, I've got these kids. <laughs> the kids, right? Uh, so maybe you need help with a little bit of flexibility in your schedule. Maybe it's you're struggling because you don't have enough resources. Maybe you need, uh, you don't have the right personal connections or the work connections, or maybe there's a technical issue that you need help with, uh, to make your life easier. You've got to speak up, right? Because your leader can't help you if they don't know. So if I don't know you have any of those issues and we connect on zoom and you're like, Thumbs up, Zach. And I'm like, all right, thumbs up, you go. And uh, you, you get off the call and you're struggling that afternoon. You know, I'm not doing my job as a leader, but I'm not doing my job because I haven't been communicated with to do my job. And maybe I can help uh, lighten that load for you. So make sure you're communicating with them uh, so they can, they can give you the support that you need. Yeah. Well, those are some great tips. Thank you so much. Um, super practical. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like we covered a lot of different topics from your from your experience as a talent development leader and as a podcaster and just as a person existing in 2020 <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> so we appreciate so much your advice and your mentorship. Um, if anybody watching this wants any further information or just wants to connect with Zach, you can check him out on LinkedIn or you can email him directly at Zach at ZachHudson.com. Um, or you can check him out at the Passing the Baton website. Yeah, that's right. Um, what's, so what's your website? Yeah, PassingTheBatonPodcast.com. 
Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, check out his podcast. It's awesome. Bite-sized pieces. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, not that anybody's in the car anymore, but, you know, check it out during your lunch hour That's or whatever. Right. Um, so, yep. Thanks so much. Yeah, and thank stay you. tuned. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to end it here. All right. <laughs> I need to work on my sign off. <laughs>